just going to take a layer off because that's all right with me. Okay, fair enough. So, we've had some technology issues this morning. Let, let's see if, if they end. Wow, this is top notch. <laughs> right, let's, let's bring that down to my level. Great. Um, now, what we're going to, well, what the aim of this morning is, is to talk about the Holy Trinity. Now, now th this this is a this is a subject that uh, is is a oh is that down to me isn't it to move things forward right uh, this is this this is a in itself is a mystery you read theological books and they say it's a mystery uh, because it, it's it's difficult to explain um, and uh, the thing is if 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 you're out sort of doing evangelism stuff like that sometimes this is a this is something that that people come back at you. How can God be three and how can God be one? And, and uh, it's, it's, it's complicated. It can be confusing. And for a lot of people, th 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 it's a bit of a sticking point. I can't believe it. Th this just doesn't sort of compute with my idea of God. And, and the thing is, so, so often, is that, that when you talk to the people, they've, they've got an idea of who God is already. They think, well, God is like this. And, and then you, you come in talking about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and they say, no, it doesn't fit with my idea of God. But the, the thing about the, the, the Holy Trinity is, it's, God hasn't given it to us to confuse us. It's not there to sort of make us go, oh. It's his revelation. It's God saying, look, there's something about me that is bigger, greater, more wonderful uh, than you can even imagine. You know, uh, when Paul talks about the love of God, he says it, it's more than we can ask or imagine. So if that's just God's love, what about his being and the, and the way he is? So, so God, God is, is greater than us. And so th there's a point where we have to sort of move by faith here and say, right, God, I trust you that this is who you are and what you're like. The, the, this, this, is, this, is, this is God. And the, the thing is, is that th there's, there's this step of faith that we have to take. But there's a reason why God is like this. Uh, and 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 as as we sort of start to sort of get to think about it, so it gives us clues as to how we need to live. So God is Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that should impact the way that we live. So I can see some of you looking blank already and turning off and thinking, Andy, Andy, you're, you're rattling on. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to try and go quickly now. Um, and and the thing is, I'm not going to talk about. Water, ice, and, and 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 steam, and stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm not going to go into this sort of big sort of uh, explanation of what God could be like. But what I want us to do is just sort of just sort of understand the way that the Trinity operates, and in that way, understand how God wants us to live as well. So, rather than talking about ice or video projectors or eggs or stuff like that, let's go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 where Jesus says this, his final words to his disciples. Okay, He's just about to go. Oh, what haven't I said already? I'm going to say this. And so he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So the, the thing about the name, uh, when you read through the Old Testament, uh, you find that actually God's name was so holy, so amazing, so fantastic, that they wouldn't even say his name. So they would say, the name, you know, the name. And so the name became something that actually, to, to, the, to Jesus' Jewish audience, was, was saying, you know who I'm talking about here. You know who, the name. 
And so there's one name that we baptise people into. The name of our Lord God, okay? The Lord. One name. But what, what Jesus says is, is in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but and of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons. And when we say persons, all, all of a sudden our language doesn't match what's actually here. The Bible actually doesn't describe the Trinity. It just talks about how the Trinity works together. And so as soon as we try and describe the Trinity, we're going to places that the Bible never goes to. And, 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 and that's, that's, why we, that's why I want to talk about how the, how the Trinity works and, and, and stuff like that. But we see here, Jesus describes the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the three of them quite distinct. So we, we can't skirt around the fact there is a Trinity. There is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is how God is, and that is how he's described, not just in the New Testament, but also throughout the whole of the Bible. So when we jump into Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we find that the Trinity is there as well. So here we go. Genesis 1. We can't get nearer to the beginning than Genesis 1, can we? We're right, we're right there at, at, the, at the liftoff. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Verse 2, we have the Holy Spirit. So he's not somebody who pops up in Acts. He's right there from the very beginning. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, you know, we, we can't deny he's there. And then we get this great conversation that God has in chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and all the earth, and over the creatures that move along the ground. So we, we, we see this sort of, you can imagine the three, you know, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Father says, Let's, let us make man. And Jesus says, yes, in our own image. And Holy Spirit, yes, in our own likeness. You can hear the conversation going on as, as it sort of happens there. As the three of them all chipping in to how they're going to create us. They're all in on it. They're all in on this. And they have this conversation. So the, the thing is, God is not this sort of sad deity who's just sitting in heaven really bored, thinking, how can I have somebody who I can talk to? How can I get some company? I know I'll make people. No. There's perfect relationship here already. God's, God's in relationship already. And so he takes what is his being... And then sort of, that is a template for us. That's a pattern for us. And that's going to be a recurring theme as we look through there, look through this. And, and then Jesus pops up. We have to sort of wait a little bit for Jesus to pop up. But it's really interesting. So this, this is a, a, a chapter 15. Abraham, who became Abraham, so, uh, so it's the same person, um, is talking to God. And God said to him, you know, come on, Abraham. I want you to, I want you to follow me. I want you to believe in me. Uh, I just want you to go on this journey and uh, I'm going to make you into a great nation and uh, we're gonna, it's, it's going to be some really good stuff here. And so Abraham goes on this journey and, he, you know, it's a 25-year journey that he's on and he, he's partway into this and he's saying, God, how are you going to make me into a great nation if I haven't got any kids? How's this going to happen? 
How is it going to be? How's this going to happen? So this is the conversation. So he says, "O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus, who we never actually meet?" And Abraham said, "You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir." Then the word of the Lord came to him, "This man will not be your heir, but a son coming for your own body will be your heir." So we have this this little thing here, the word of the Lord. And when uh, uh, when Jesus was about, the the latest translation wasn't the NIV or the whatever or the whatever. It's it was called the Septuagint. And so what they'd done is they they they'd actually uh, translated the Old Testament into Greek. And when it says word of the Lord, what they used, the translators used, was this word logos, which John uses in John chapter 1 to describe Jesus. Ooh. Let's read on. This is getting interesting, isn't it? He says, tapping away his, his, his thing here. So this is what happens next. He took him outside and said, look at the heavens, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him, credited, credited, uh, and, and, and he, he said to him, you're righteous. <laughs> can't say, oh dear, old age. Anyway, he took him. See, if, if, if this was Jesus, the word of God, if this was Jesus, he sort of grabs Abraham. Gets into his feet, drags him out of his tent and says, look up there. What do you see? This is, the best way to describe this, for me anyway, is, is this is like the trailer before the real movie. So Jesus pops up all the way through the Old Testament. Now, the, the movie that we're all waiting for is where, you know, Christmas, when he, when he comes. Okay? But we, we've got these, these trailers, you know, like you go to the movies and, and you watch a quick excerpt and another quick excerpt and, uh, and you say, I must watch this. I must go and see this. I, I really want to see this. You can, that's just what the prophets were doing because God gives them these little sort of trailers all the way through the Old Testament. And then Jesus comes. And so this is one of these little sort of moments where God turns up in human form, where Jesus is there interacting with people, getting them ready for the time when he will come as a baby. So we have God, the Spirit, and God, the Son, when we only thought we had God, the Father, in the Old Testament. And so it's happening all the way through. And then we get to the, uh, to the um, New Testament, and the Trinity explodes. Trinity explodes into view. And we're going to do something that we do in schools right now. So uh, th this involves um, interaction and people coming to the front and joining in. Okay. So I, I, need, I need two people to be the River Jordan, please. Thank you, Daniel. You thought you were back to school tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. Come, come here. Come here. That's it. Just go, go forward a little bit. That's great. Okay. So we have the River Jordan here. So we need Jesus. So for, for, for the sake of people at home. We need Jesus. I need a Jesus, please. Somebody who will be Jesus. Come, 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 come. That's brilliant. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So we, we have here. Uh, you know the the, the backscape. The backscape. Come back. Come duck. Come, duck round. Come here. Come here. Come 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 next to me here. That's brilliant. So you're going to be Jesus. Just stand there. I will tell you what to do. And I need John the Baptist, please. 
John the Baptist. Oh, come on, you guys. I need a John the Baptist. You'll only be here for as long as it takes, right? Not that. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Okay, okay. Brilliant. Now, we're getting there. So we've got one part of the Trinity. So we need somebody who's going to be the Holy Spirit, please. Somebody who will be the Holy Spirit. Wonderful. Okay. So could you just, Jason, just come and stand here and, and be ready to jump in. Right. So th- this is how the scripture puts it. So John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside, that's you, okay, and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And this is the message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize with water, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus... Give everybody a wave, please, Jesus. Wonderful. Okay. Um, Came and was baptized by John. So, John, could you push Jesus under the water, please? Under the water. And then back up again, Jesus. Back up. Okay. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. Look up. Wow. Okay. And the Spirit, okay, uh, descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. Okay. I've got to be God here. Okay. Oh, I haven't given you the next bit. This is very poorly put together. Okay. A voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. <laughs> and you have, you have the whole of the Trinity there. In that moment, in that moment, the Father tearing open heaven. And with great delight. Shouting down, this is my son, this is my son. We have Jesus coming out of the water, showing how he will die and how he will rise to life. And the Holy Spirit descending to empower him for the ministry that he was about to start. Thank you very much, everybody. And so the Holy, the, the, the Trinity is there. But notice it's not, and the Bible's good at this. Thank you, everybody, for your help. Couldn't have done it without you. The, the, the thing is this, is, is that the, the Bible tells it through a story, through, tells it through activity, tells it through interaction. And, and, and that is, is, is how we get to know how God operates and who he is. We see him working together. We see him doing stuff together. And then we start to understand the Trinity. If we just try and you know, do these great, great illustrations and, and great diagrams, we, we, we get bogged down. But when we see God in action, it all starts to make sense. And, and so when, when you're challenged about the Trinity uh, and, and people say, oh, I don't believe it, it's not my idea of God, all this sort of stuff. You say, well, but this is, this is my experience of God. The Trinity is my experience of God. It's, um, we see how, how the Trinity operate, and then it shows us how, how, how we need to operate as well. So we see um, Jesus being baptized and coming up and, 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 and God shouting down. You know, he's it, like an excited dad here. You've seen excited dads, or you've been excited dads. You know, where they're, they're, they're absolutely sort of, 
this is my kid and he's got it right. You know, you know the report's opened and, you know, it's D minus, but, you know, tried hard. Yes, you tried hard. Well done, sort of thing. Um, and, and, and fathers getting excited about their kids. You're my son whom I love with you. I'm well pleased. And, and that's what's going on here. And we see this interaction between the two of them. And then uh, we, we see we, Jesus, when, when he, he, the disciples see him pray. And they say, we want to pray like you. We want to pray like you. And so he says, this is how you pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so there's, there's, the, the disciples saw it. They saw the interaction, you know, the father to the son. They saw the interaction, the, fa- the son to the father, the two working together. Uh, and, and then we see that the Spirit is involved in all of this. So in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, this is after the baptism, before Jesus goes into the uh, wilderness. It says, Luke records this, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. And then as he returns to Galilee, as he comes out of the wilderness after the 40 uh, days of fasting and uh, his uh, interaction with the devil, it says Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the way, the, you know, Father, Son and Holy Spirit are constantly working together, constantly working together. They, 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 there's a sort of an interaction. And, and if this is the way Jesus operated, it's the way we need to operate as well. Jesus is, is, our, is our pattern. The, the Trinity is our pattern uh, for how God wants us to live and how God wants us to operate. Uh, those of you who are at Letton Hall, you, you, you'll know the next bit. Sue loves this bit, and uh, I, I'm going to do it. And, and so Jesus talked about uh, the Holy Spirit as Paracletos. He had a name for him, you know, like you may have a nickname for, for somebody, and you call them that name. Well, Jesus said, oh, Paracletos, you know, and that's his nickname for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit means advocate, somebody who comes alongside to help. And in John 14, he says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. It's interesting. We start to talk about the Trinity and people sometimes close down. And it says here, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. And, and sometimes you meet people with a bit of a veil. They, 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 you know, they want to deny the Holy Spirit. But we know the Holy Spirit in us is absolutely crucial to the way we operate. If Jesus couldn't do it on his own, how on earth are we going to do it on our own? You know, we can be very good actors, but it's not going to be fulfilling in any way. We, we need the Holy Spirit. And so we, we get this idea of the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to do, we're going to show you a video. Hopefully the video will work. I'm looking to the back and they're all sort of going, okay, it'll be coming up in a minute. And we're going to show you a a video of uh, a para-athlete. And his name is David Brown. And uh, when he was uh, 15, he went, no, when he was a teenager, he went totally blind. He had something called Kawasaki disease. Now, for the sake of you who are at home and going to look this up on Google as I say it, I may get this wrong. But anyway, what, what happens is that the, uh, the blood vessels get sort of, they sort of expand. 
apparently this was linked to COVID a lot. Um, uh, a lot of kids got this during COVID as well. But what happened to David is it was the blood vessels in his eyes that sort of just, you know, went crazy. And it caused the, the damage to his retina, and, and he went blind as a result. So he's a blind athlete. But he can run 100 metres in 11 seconds. I can't even get out of bed in 11 seconds. <laughs> okay? Uh, but he, he can do that. The only way he can do it, though, is because he's got a guy called Jerome Avery who's running with him. And what we're going to do, hopefully, this will all work. Confident at the back, the confident at the back. Let's watch this. Oh, I need to, I need to, I need, I need to do it, don't I? That video was a gift from God. It really was. It's, 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 but it's brilliant, isn't it? How, how he can do that. But it, it's, it, it was what was said on, on, which is why I was desperate to get the sound, uh, uh, what was said uh, as, as, they went, as he went through on, on, the, on the video. So all we have to do is focus on listening to him. That's what, that's what the athlete says about his running partner. All I have to do is focus on listening to him. Next bit. Our actions should be exact. Wow. It should look like one person running. Oh, wow. Father, Son and Holy Spirit should look like one person running. When the Holy Spirit fills us, it should look like one person running, us and him. And, 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 and that's what it's all about. You see, the Trinity shows us how we should operate. The, the, and, and that's why, that's why we get this here. Because Jesus, uh, the, 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 uh, the Trinity is setting a template, a way of living for us uh, uh, and, and wants us to join in with this, wants us to join in with this and do it in this way. The, I'm, I'm sorry about the picture. I was trying to find a nice picture to go with this. And, and the fourth person is exactly the same as the other three. And there's no way that we are like God, okay? We're not on a level with God uh, in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we're not part of the Trinity. We don't sort of become part of God. That's, that's not what we're trying to get across here. But the, the thing is, is that just as the Trinity operates, so God sort of draws us into that. He wants us to be in step with the Spirit, in step with him, uh, and, and living in that way. And so what we have at, at Jesus' baptism is, is the Father saying, you know, he's so pleased because Jesus actually understands what, why he's come, to, what he's come to do, understands his purpose 
as, as Jesus the human being, God the human being. And that is to die on the cross and rise from the dead. That's what he's come to do. So as Jesus gets baptised, he's not getting baptised because he, he's, he needs his sins forgiven or anything like that. He's getting baptised to, to show that he understands his purpose and what he's got to do. And so we have that, that interaction. And so the, 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 and, and, and the father's saying, yes, he's got it right, he's got it right. And so the, the, the whole thing is, is that, that when, we, when we sort of become a Christian, when, when we give our lives to Jesus, uh, and we, we were transformed, we're transformed. So that when the Father doesn't see our sin, doesn't see our mistakes, doesn't see what we're like, but he sees Jesus. And so we have that same relationship with the Father. Where the father is shouting over us, yeah, that's my son, that's my daughter, I'm really pleased with them. So he sees us in exactly the same way, okay? And we are filled with the Holy Spirit, who's not just the guarantee of our inheritance, not just the guarantee that we have eternal life, but the one who equips and empowers and helps us to actually live out the purpose that we have in our lives, which is to be people who show Jesus' righteousness who exhibit it in our lives. Righteous not just, righteousness not just being uh, doing the right thing, as, as the men found out when Phil came and spoke to us a few weeks ago. But it, it, it's, it, it's also about having this right relationship with God as well. All, all these things married in uh, together. So God is with us. So let, let, let's, let's just... Just go over a few things here just to make sure we, we, we've got this sorted out and, and, and just think a bit more about the challenge. You see, the, the, um, the whole thing about God being Trinity is also very, very bound up in the fact of our salvation. Um, David, when he was writing about his sin in, in Psalm, uh, um, F- Psalm 51, says... To, to God, it's, it's only you, it's against you and only you that I have sinned and done what is evil. And so David was very aware that the only person, ultimately, who he had to sort his life out with was with God. And our sin is basically, it's between us and God. Yes, we, we, we mess up and we, we wreck other people's lives and we're, we're horrible to them. But ultimately, we're answerable to God. That's the person we're answerable to. And so we can't do anything about it. And so God comes to do something about it. And so when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes, it shows that he is God. And there's, there's, this, there's this remarkable story in Jesus' life where he, he, he's, he's talking to some people in a house. And all of a sudden, some people start to sort of pull the tiles off the roof. Well, I don't know if they were tiles. If that would have been a really rich house, it was probably just a bit of dried dung and straw okay and they just started digging into it uh, and sort of pulling it out from between the rafters and then lowering their paralyzed friend through and he, he lands on on the ground in front of jesus uh you know you can imagine there'd be dust and straw and all everywhere it wasn't a particularly clean scene but this is what was going on and so in the middle of all this muck falling down jesus turns to the man and says, your muck is removed. Your sin is forgiven. I don't know, we don't know what the guy thought, 
it's not recorded. But we, what is recorded is what some of the people in the room thought. And these were the, 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 the Pharisees, these were the religious uh, experts who had come to check Jesus out. And they said, only God can forgive sins. In a way, they got it right. Because, yeah, Jesus was God in front of them, okay? Jesus is God. But they used that, they, 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 sort of, they, they didn't see that actually because he was God that he could forgive sins. They just thought, oh, this is blasphemy. This guy can't be God. But they, they got it right. It's only God who can forgive sins. And so if Jesus has forgiven us our sins, he therefore is God. He therefore is God. And everything we believe on hinges on this fact that Jesus is God, that there is Father, there is Son. And the very way that we live and the very way we operate relies on the fact that the Holy Spirit is God. If he's not God, we're a bunch of deluded idiots. Okay, some people think we are a bunch of deluded idiots, but you know, the, the, the fact is, it, it has to be God's presence in us, transforming us, that makes a difference. And you see, when we, when, we, when we look at all the theories, it doesn't make sense, but when we look at our lives and uh, the activity, it does make sense, and it has to. And you can argue with people until you're red in the face and it makes no difference. But if you talk about how the Holy Spirit has transformed your life, if you talk about how the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you know, you had this revelation and this knowledge that God was with you and he loved you, then then actually it does make a difference. And and, and it's something that people uh, can't argue with. I want to show you one more video clip. We're going to see if this one works as well. And... um, it's, it's from a wedding. Uh, I wasn't at the wedding. I, I've just nicked this off YouTube like, like we do. Okay? And uh, uh, it, it shows you some, some people dancing the dabke, which is a, a communal dance, which they dance a lot in, in Lebanon. And literally everybody joins in. So when you look in the background, you'll see people sort of standing like this, all holding hands and sort of shuffling along. They're, they're, doing a sort of, they're actually dancing. But then you've got some people at the front who are going absolutely crazy. And the early church fathers, when they were trying to sort of explain the Trinity, they used this idea of a dance. And the movement of the dance was like the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you'll see that the guys at the front are going absolutely crazy while everybody else is just doing this, okay? And, and I, when I watch this, I think, yes, we're all in the line with God. We're all holding hands. We're all doing this, roughly the same thing. But these guys at the front, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're showing us what it's all about. Now, I've not got an Arabic person to listen to this. So if there's some Arabic swearing in the background, I'm sorry. Okay. But anyway, uh, uh, here, here we have some, the guys doing the dab cake. You see the guys, you see the people uh, here, all just holding hands. And just doing a little shuffle. But these guys at the front going crazy. Let's watch this.
Okay. So you imagine Cyril of Damascus, whoever it was, actually sort of came up with this idea of the Trinity being like a dance. You know, sort of, he'd just been to a wedding. <laughs> he'd just been watching them dance and do all, the, all this crazy stuff. And, and he said, right, now I, now I get it. Now I get it. God is wanting us to join in with his dance. He's teaching us the moves. Now, for the non-dancers in the room, Okay, this is a difficult one to go with. But for the dancers in the room, I can see the smiles on your faces. Yeah, 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 I'm joining in with the dance. Okay, and that, that's how God wants us to be. We all know John 3.16, but there's one John 3.16, uh, which goes a, a bit like this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And um, a couple of weeks ago, Pete did this fantastic talk, didn't he, about 1 Corinthians 13 and talked about what love is and what love isn't and just, just helped us to sort of try and imagine uh, what love is. But you see, the th- thing is, is that we, we see that, that you know, we, one, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And, and we know what love is because what the what Jesus did. And... Uh, Pete told us about the Holy Spirit sandwich. Do you, I've never forgotten this. This is I love that little phrase that he used two weeks ago, the Holy Spirit sandwich, where the chapter 13 is in between chapter 12 and chapter 14, which are all about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and we, we, we know how to love because the Holy Spirit is at work in us. And so all this, all this is tied up in the person of the Trinity. And so we, we talked about the more the mechanics about the inter, interaction between um, uh, the people of the Trinity, how they talk. But there's a, there's a depth, there's a depth to this. And this is the love of God. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father, the Spirit is the one who sort of stirs up love and how to love. And so as they do this glorious dance of love so we are called we are drawn to join the line and start doing the moves until we find ourselves at the front and then we can jump about uh, and we can we can do that as well but there's one one more thing there's one more thing and it's about monday morning when you're back in school it's about uh, this evening, it's, it's about the, the, the next move that we're going to do as we walk out uh, of, of, the, of the room here. Let me. Okay. Uh, and it's this is that God is a missional God. And uh, we, we looked, we started uh, the sermon looking at the, one, of the, uh, one of the versions of the Great Commission, which was talking about the Trinity. And then in John, it's put this way Peace be with you, says Jesus, as the Father has sent me. I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And we looked at how Jesus was sent, how the Father sends the Son, how he he sends him out at his baptism. We saw it in glorious technicolor acted out here. And and, and, and so we're called to to join in with this dance of the Trinity. It says in 1 Psalm 3, 9 that there's God is, you know, there's no limits to God. Okay, so God is everywhere. God, you know, we can't escape from God. And then Jesus comes, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he goes out and he, he does his mission and he succeeds in his mission. And then at the end he says, right, I want you to do the same. 
In the same way the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So this morning, God says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm so pleased with you. You delight me. You bring a smile to my face. When your name pops up in my, in my brain, I don't know if God has a brain, but when your name pops up, I just, I just feel so good. Wow. Did you know that? Isn't that a wonderful feeling? That when God thinks of you, he delights in you. Is it Zephaniah when he says he even sings? Yeah? Sings over you? And, and in the same way, Jesus says, I'm sending you out. The Father delights over you. The Father delights out of you. You have done what I did. You've died to your old way of life. You've risen with me to newness of life. Now receive the Holy Spirit and go out and do what I did. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And this, this, this Trinity pattern is the way that God wants us to live. Missionaries aren't just the people we're going to pray for at 1.30. We're all missionaries. We're all missionaries. And our mission field is the field that we walk into next, whether it be the street, the home, the place of work, the supermarket, whatever's coming next. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And in the same way that Jesus relied and operated uh, in the Spirit, so God calls us and equips us to do, what did he say in John? Greater things. Because I go to the Father, Jesus said, you will do greater things because I've gone to the Father. So I hope that's been helpful in that don't get bogged down when it comes to talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, not the, the Trinity. Just talk about what God is doing in your life. The reality of God's, your, your relationship you have with Father God. The reality of your salvation. How like Jesus, you know, as Jesus led the way, he, he died and rose again. So you've died your old way of life and you've risen to newness of life. And how the Holy Spirit has come to, f to fill you. So it's like one person running. There's a pattern that the, Holy, that the Trinity uh, sort of sets. And he's made us, as it says in, in Genesis 1.26, in his image, in his likeness. We are made to be like him. We are made to be like him. So have confidence as you, as you share. Don't get bogged down in the, in the, in the eggs and the, and, the, and the water and everything else. Talk about your relationship. Talk about your relationship. And then live it. Then live it. That's what God calls us to do. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you are a mysterious, wonderful God. That there's more to you than any uh, our brains can even sort of imagine let alone understand. But Lord God, you have given us a revelation of who you are so that we can, by faith, follow you. I want to pray for anybody here who doesn't feel that they're loved and accepted. This morning the Father says, you are my beloved child. With you I am well pleased. Lord God, we receive your affirmation this morning.
if you sense that you're not worthy, and, and we, we all sort of have moments like that where we, we mess up and everything, but God this morning says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You are my child. Accept that. Accept that. And Lord, I want to pray for anybody here who's thinking, oh, this is all very well, but what do I need to do? Die to your old way of life. Confess your sins. Repent. Turn to Jesus because he's the only one who can save you because he is God. And receive that eternal life. Receive that life that he wants to give you. Say yes to Jesus. Jesus, be my Lord and be my saviour today. And Lord, I want to pray for anybody here who's thinking, how on earth can I live this life? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. We'd love to pray with you more about any of these things. But come, Holy Spirit, and fill everyone in this place. Lord God, you've given us this revelation of who you are, and you want us to join in with this. Lord, somehow you want us to be people who live as people who are the image of God, who show the world what God is like. Holy Spirit, come and fill us that we would love one another, that we would love for those who, who we meet, that we would see our lives as people who go out and make you known. We join in with the missional God. We do what you did, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill and work in us this morning, we pray. Lord, stir us up that we would continue to encourage and bless each other. We ask this in Jesus' name.